Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Do I 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 do that was Ella Fitzgerald, and it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Good morning, it's me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. I've got a big one today. His name is Duncan Goose, and he is the founder of The One Brand, a business that gives away 100% of its profits. Yes, you heard that right, 100% of its profits to charity. You'll be hearing lots from Duncan very shortly. Fascinating he is too. In addition to hearing from him, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkon some words of advice for your burgeoning business. And on top of all of that, if you can take it, a waterfall of music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Van Morrison, The Elder Statesman and this from Aretha Franklin. A solely version of Evil Gal Blues from Aretha Franklin here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers. Duncan Goose is my business shaper today, and Duncan is the founder of The One Brand, and that is, as I said, a business that gives away 100% of its profits to good causes. Duncan, thank you so much for joining me. Explain what The One Brand is all about and why you set it up back in, I think it was 2004. Yeah, well, the the idea is very simple. There are a lot of global issues that exist in the world. Uh, The issue of water scarcity affects over three quarters of a billion people. And the idea behind the one brand was to try and connect everyday items, things that you would put in your shopping basket without really thinking too much about the brand choice that you're making. And then if you could do that, you link that with the the humanitarian needs. So in our case, we sell bottled water under the brand name One here in the UK, and we give 100% of the profits that we make to funding water projects in developing countries. And this idea, which is a monster of an idea, just give me a sense of, of, of turnover and therefore profit over the last however many years it's been, about 10 years. I believe you've gone through the 10 million mark. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We've actually, this year we celebrated uh, having given away uh, 10 million pounds and we were invited to go to Downing Street, which was which was a great experience. Um, and uh, in fact, we've, we've gone quite a long way over that number now. Um, in fact, I was just seeing some numbers today that's added over another million pounds to that pot this year alone. Um, so, you know, what we're doing is fantastic. But the really important thing for us is about how many people's lives that changes. So over the last few years that we've been doing this, we've now provided water to over 2.8 million people um, throughout Africa. Um, and whilst that's a drop in the ocean compared to three quarters of a billion people that don't have access to water, um, the lives that we impact on a daily basis are truly uh, transformed by simple things like having access to clean water. And where where would one find the One Brand? I mean, I'm familiar with it. It's been in offices in which I've frequented a number of times. Um, supermarkets, cafes? Yeah, yeah, supermarkets, cafes. So we supply people like Tesco. We supply um, uh, Starbucks. We supply uh, every single airport in the UK, duty-free. 
we supply Waitrose, Ocado, um, so lots of different supermarkets, lots of different cafes. Um, and I think the brand is probably one of those things that you're not aware of it until you kind of know what it is and then you see it everywhere all the time uh, and that's really what we're trying to get people to understand that you know bottled water is bottled water but actually if you make a different brand choice if you say actually i'm going to buy one water because i know that i'll change some child's life in a developing country then we hope that more people become aware of it and the more they talk about it the more they buy it the more lives we will change together and it's a first, is that right, in terms of the percentage of profit that is being given away by a business of this kind? Well, so there are a number of other brands that do it, but we are by far and away the biggest owner to uh, to water projects um, throughout the UK by, by some magnitude. And I think that uh, that's really testimony to the team that, that we work with and the dedication they have to trying to get this brand out there and, and distribute it as widely as possible. Um, the bottled water market in the UK is enormous. You know, it's billions and billions of litres. It's dominated mainly by a few companies, you know, the Coca-Colas, the Nestles, the Danones of this world. So trying to carve out a small niche in that market should, in theory, be easy but it's a commercial environment so you know a retailer has to make a very conscious decision about actually i really want to have this brand on my shelf because it says something about me as a retailer it's sending out a message to our consumers that actually we want to be part of something that is transformational and and change people's lives stay with me to hear the story of duncan goose and the one brand it's an extremely uh, exceptional and wonderful story indeed. I'm sure there'll be trials and tribulations in that story as he divulges more in a bit. Time for some music. This is Montreux Sunrise from The Elder Statesman. If you don't know them, they're a Kiwi trio of twin brothers Christopher on piano and Daniel on double bass with Lord Echo on percussion. A nice counterpoint to Aretha and Ella Fitzgerald. That was Montreux Sun from the Elder Statesman here on Jazz Shapers. Duncan Goose is my business shaper today. And he, as you've been hearing, I hope, is the founder of The One Brand, the um, amazing water business that supplies and pays for water projects all the way around the world. As you were saying, Duncan, earlier, three quarters of a billion people are without proper running, clear, healthy water. Um, I'm going to take you back a little bit. You obviously done exceptionally well. You're in, you're in, as you said, the biggest supermarkets. You're in the most famous cafes in the UK, um, and in lots of offices as well. And there's a business to business side to it. When you were in the commercial world, and you were, you before uh, before you moved and you had this idea. When you were younger, were you thinking I'm going to do good things with my life, or were you thinking I quite like? I think you're in advertising or marketing. I quite like that world, and this is good for me. Was there a gap, or was it just you know? Happy go lucky time, kind of Duncan. I think. I think for me, I had two uh, two grandparents on my mother's and father's side who were very influential. One was a great supporter of Bernardo's and became an ambassador for uh, for Unilever. Um, and my grandfather uh, on my father's side was a uh, he was very. Um, uh, very much involved in local politics and councils and really kind of fought for people's rights a lot uh, throughout his life. And he, he worked pretty much up until he 
died in his sort of mid nineties, and uh, and they were amazing people to have as role models. I'm not saying my parents aren't; they're amazing too. But but I think as a young boy, my grandparents were very influential in that uh, belief in you know service and doing things for people and the way you do it. So you say that, and just just to pick up mm. on that, obviously your parents were influential too, as you said. We, we're, we're very happy with your mum. <laughs> don't let them. Don't even think otherwise. But but the serious point is because obviously with people with children, I have children. The relationship with a grandparent is very special. Did you just was it because you spent so much time with them when you were little was it because they sat you down or I mean how did you uh, imbibe the things that they you were seeing around you um I have two young children and somebody told me the other day that what children see is what they learn and I think with grandparents because they they have more time to devote to children perhaps than your parents do because there was busy um so i think they just exposed me to to their world you know you know they'd retired at this point and they you know they had more time to to um do things that they wanted to do so i kind of got dragged along with it not in a, a, a bad way or not in a, sp- a particularly scripted way but it was just part of, of life and so i think that's just been part of my dna growing up um anyway um but really when i was growing up as a child i wanted to be a doctor my dad was a a, a surgeon and later became a gp and as a boy you know you look up to your father and go oh that's what I want to do unfortunately I was too thick to become a doctor I was in the same club it's fine. <laughs> but um but uh you know it's amazing to to have all these kind of dreams and ambitions as a child and think about what you may become and then you had to go in the working world and that wasn't where you were going no and and that was purely by chance there was I'm a, I'm a massive believer in fate and you know opportunity and circumstance so I uh, I failed my a-levels at school and that ended up um, meaning that I ended up doing a bit of resitting them but in that sort of year gap that I had I ended up going to work for a commercial refrigeration firm in their marketing department and that really opened my eyes up to marketing and what that was and and that's what led me into a career in marketing so I, had I not been had I not failed my A-levels that probably never would have happened I was going to go off and do psychology at university or something so that that really transformed the direction I suppose of my life so um, you know I, I think you know when one door closes another one opens and it's fascinating to see where life will take you. Stay with me for much more from my business show today, Duncan Goose, and you'll find out all about how fate and failing A-levels first time around was actually a good thing because the world would not have the one brand which is doing fantastic things all the way around the world. Latest travel in a couple of minutes and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. Hi, I'm Kevin McCarthy. I'm a corporate lawyer with Mishkondorea. Working with entrepreneurs can throw up some interesting issues. A common concern is potential conflicts arising from various ongoing ventures. The reality is that entrepreneurs have many fingers and many different pies at the same time. That's the nature of the beast. And they often ask the question of me, can I be a director of one company and still have interests in other related businesses at the same time? And what the law says on this point is actually pretty sensible. It starts from the premise that conflicts are a bad thing and they're not allowed. And that's sensible because as a director, you're meant to prioritise the interests of the company above your own. But the law also recognises the reality that people do have multiple interests and that of itself is not a bad thing, provided that everyone knows. And so the law allows for conflicting interests which have been fully disclosed, provided that they've been authorised in advance or ratified after the event. In short, it's very important to stay on the right side of the conflict line, but it's also pretty easy to make sure that that's exactly where you stand. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. 
You're listening to Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, 9am, I get the chance, indeed the privilege, of talking to someone who is shaping the world of business, a business shaper. If you've missed any of them in the past three years or so, go into iTunes. I'm sure you'll find many of them over there. If you're flying on British Airways very shortly, you, you can go to the High Life section on the radio and you can hear some of the best programmes over there as well. Duncan Goose is my business shaper today and he is the founder of The One Brand, set up around 2004 and now delivering over £10 million a year of, or rather, sorry, over £10 million in the history of the company, I should I should state more correctly, um, of fantastic money towards projects um, around water, sanitation, providing safe and healthy water to drink around the world. Duncan, when you, you were talking earlier about fate and about not, not doing so well in your first round of A-levels, you had your role in marketing, you were doing your things there, you eventually end up in an agency, um, Black Cat. Yeah. Black Cat, right. And Black Cat gets sold yep. to big, big company, Jay Walter Thompson, part of the WPP group, enormous stuff. At some point there, you're obviously, things must have been happening because one one doesn't just come up with the idea of the one brand or, 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 a, or a notion of doing something like that overnight. No, one. Uh, there, there was a kind of an interesting point in my life when I was uh, 28 and I had this career in advertising and marketing. Um, I read a book called Jupiter's Travels by Ted Simon about a former journalist that motorbiked around the world in the 1970s. And as a motorbiker, I absolutely loved the kind of story of that so I sort of jokingly said to everybody I was going to quit my job sell my house buy a motorbike and ride around the world which is exactly what I did um, it took me two years uh, to do it and it was the most amazing uh, experience um, and lots of crazy stuff happened I was shot at I was rescued by the police on the Afghan border I was in an earthquake uh, you know everything but the biggest thing I think was that I was in Hurricane Mitch in October 98 which was the at that time it was the second largest hurricane ever recorded in history um, and killed 30,000 people destroyed most of Honduras and and I was in the midst of that and it was a, it was an incredible experience for lots of very positive and lots of very bad reasons um, but I think that that experience and, and trying to help people get back on their feet and, you know, doing things like running soup kitchens or giving away all our clothes or you know, we got together $100,000 that helped rebuild 13 communities along the Mosquito Coast and things like that. Um, that was a really interesting uh, part of my life because it taught me the value of um, money used in the right way can achieve amazing things. You don't need a lot of money. You just need a little bit and you need to deploy it in the right way. Um, so when I kind of came back from that trip and I went back into this sort of advertising and marketing world, um, that kind of still resonated with me. And then uh, I happened to be in um, in a bar in London on Grand National Day a few years ago. Um, in fact, with one of your guests who's coming on in a, in a few weeks, Simon Devonshire. And uh, he said to me, there's a billion people in the world that don't have access to clean water. We're all marketeers. Why don't we create a water brand and give all the profits away? And of course, all these drunk marketeers thought this was a wonderful idea and we should do this and this and this. And I was the kind of, I was the lunatic that said, all right, well, that resonates with me because I've seen that. I've experienced that. I've lived without water, you know, on my travels. I've, I've seen the, the impact of not having clean water. Um, so I was the, the person that quit their job and... Um, uh, and started this this crazy kind of thing that we do. Um, and the reason it was called One was because I never thought 
that we would achieve a lot. I thought, you know, I'll try and sell one bottle or one case of water, or I'll try and change one child's life. And if I can change one child's life, maybe I could do a family. Um, but this was always going to be a kind of hobby project for me. And then it's just taken off in a way that's become incredible. And, um, and like you said, you know, here we are, and we've sat here and given away over 10 million pounds and changed over 2.8 million people's lives. I mean, that's phenomenal. Not bad for the uh, off the back of a drunken conversation in a bar. You should have more of those. Um, stay with me for much more from my business shaper, Duncan Goose. Time for some music. This is Acorn from The Grip. <laughs> That was Acorn from The Grip. I like that one. I hope you did too. Duncan Goose is my business shaper, and Duncan was talking about these good drunken conversations that have led to extraordinary things. Um, The feeling you get from the work that you do now, and that sense, as you said, 2.8 million children, you've given away over £10 million over the course of the business. How does that compare, if you could describe it, to what you were doing before this? Um. I think in, in, there are some parallels to that. So I used to, in my old job, I used to represent band, brands like Boddington's or Avis or, you know, years and years ago, Quaker Oats, you know, Sugar Puffs and things like that. And so you would get a buzz out of walking through a supermarket and seeing the product that you've been working on, you know, on a shelf or, uh, you know, seeing a campaign in an Avis station or something like that. So I, and for me, I still get the same buzz. I, I was just in Starbucks around the corner before I came in here and, you know, there's our water and that's a consumer picking it up and you really want to grab them and just tell them everything about this brand just in case they don't know but um people do f- tend to find this a bit stalky if i do that sometimes i'm <laughs> really pleased you didn't do that just to say because I, I think maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, right now but, but but is so that 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 sense of pride you must have i mean of course you're right with one text professional pride but this is this is something different isn't it it must be yeah so the the thing for me is every time i see the brand somewhere or in somebody's hands i really want to go up and thank them I really want to say do you know what you know that bottle of water that you've picked up because you could pick up any bottle of water you, you like but you chose ours and uh, and i know the impact that has on the ground i've spent enough time in africa to see the the hideous reality of of children not having access to clean water you know there are two million kids die every year from drinking contaminated water this is ludicrous you know people walk an average of five hours a day to collect water rather than kids go to school you know that's ludicrous so i really kind of you know every time i'm out somewhere and i see a bottle of water you know i just want to go up and say thank you to somebody for for making that decision and most of the time they don't know anything about it which is deeply frustrating because as a marketeer you know i want to go and spend a million pounds on you know a fantastic radio campaign or you know tv campaign and i just don't i give away a million pounds to funding lives and developing of course if anyone listening wants to donate the million then you'd be i'm sure you'd be very happy we we're always we're always always very open to it on on the serious side of this look you've been you've been named ernst and young's entrepreneur of the year Uh, i think you got a brand with a conscience award from a paris-based think think tank back in 09 that you're the international hero award from another organization the rotary club award i mean you have literally been inundated with praise it can't be just because you're doing good things you're running a good business aren't you you're making money how have you how big's the team uh, and how have you managed the distribution how did you get the bottling right i mean there's so many things inside this business have you just had great people around you has that been the secret 
I think you, uh, I think as a as a business leader, and I use that term in a very loose sense when it comes to me, but as somebody at the head of the thing, um, you have to surround yourself with people that are better than you at the things that need to get done. So I have a fantastic team of people back in the office, whether they are development people or they're finance people or they're marketeers or they're salespeople, you know, that this is what happens. But I think more than that, it's the people that we work with. It's the team at World Duty Free. It's the team at Starbucks or a distributor that we have called Peros. It's the, it's the little cafe owners. These are the people that actually make the difference because they are effectively ambassadors for us. Um, you mentioned about listening to this on British Airways. British Airways are another phenomenal partner for us. They fly us in and out of places all over uh, all over um, uh, Africa. And in fact, you can watch a film about us on their in-flight entertainment systems. So these are all people that make our team, not a few people in a small office in, in London, but thousands of people across this country who go, do you know what? I want to be up. I want to stand up and be part of this. And that's what's made the difference. We'll have a final chat with Duncan Plus Play, a track from the master Van Morrison. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The inimitable sound of Van Morrison with Open the Door to Your Heart aptly, I think, also here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers because Duncan Goose has been my business shaper today and will be for a few more precious minutes. He's the founder of the one business, the one brand, and they've been selling water for really, really clever purposes. You talked about the bigger team, the thousands of advocates and ambassadors that you've created in, as you said, in the Starbucks and British Airways and in Tesco's and probably everywhere else that you go. And you've also talked about some of the frustrations. You said, I wish they, everyone knew the story. And indeed, I must admit, I it took me a while to realise what the story was. And you kind of have to look twice. And that is, that's what happens, I suppose, when you're you're working hard to deliver a message, but you haven't got as much money as you'd want to, to indeed deliver that. What other problems have you had in this in this business journey of yours since you set up the one... I, th- I think the biggest problems are, are really time and money is the thing that all business owners struggle with. You never have enough of, of both or either. And um, for us, it's always about trying to make those judgment calls about is the thing you're about to do going to accelerate the growth of the business or and thus make more money and thus make more for the foundation? Or is the amount of money that we're just about to spend better invested in changing somebody's life in Africa or better spent on a piece of advertising communication in London because it will reach a wider audience? So it's it's always that kind of trade off about which way do you go with things. Do you I mean do you think it's been easier for you to cope with the dark moments often when I talk to to my guests about the dark mm-hmm. moments they say well you know it's horrific and but the the imperative there is profit for profit's sake um if you will your profit imperative is actually to do good things. Do you think that gives you a sense of well I'm doing this for a really good reason and there's a mission and there's a vision beyond my own pocket has that helped you have you not really thought about it like that? Um 
It's a really interesting one. There, there are definitely dark moments. I mean, when the recession bit uh, in 2011, we had a really horrific time of it because all the retailers were consolidating the amount of space that they had. And at that time, we just started licensing the brand into new areas. So into eggs that was funding uh, chicken farming programs, into bread that was funding micro bakeries, into porridge that was funding uh, infant feeding programs. And we just got all of these things going. And we were working with some amazing other companies. And then everything bit at the same time and, and people just retrenched you know all the big retailers said we just don't you know we can't give over this space anymore to a charitable brand we need to you know get more money in or or the the partners that we had you know couldn't afford to add another brand into their portfolio and and that kind of thing happens very very fast and um the impact is not only on us and our team but on, on people's lives that you're trying to change in developing countries so it's really tragic when stuff like that happens because you know that you're on the cusp of doing something quite incredible and to have the rug pulled out because of you know everything that's going on in the world is, is very difficult to kind of watch so actually the stress could be heightened i mean some people have that problem that it's my money and my 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 whatever but yours is not just me that's impacting this is all the great things that we could be doing i think for for me and for the wider team we always know there's people having a much worse time of it than than we are and i think that's what drives people on so we're very fortunate that uh, we get to send people over to africa and and they come back with a very different view of the world you know if you go onto our website there's loads of amazing films on there of, of everyday consumers that have you know worked for different businesses that have been over to africa with us and they're watching their stories is quite amazing because they suddenly get it and then they come back and they start being real ambassadors and advocates for us and i always say if we could take everybody on a plane over to africa the world would change overnight because people would just understand how easy it is to change people's lives and the the, the little amount of effort that is required to do that duncan it's been really good talking to you thank you for being my business shape today tell me just before i let you go what's your song choice and why have you chosen it this is the first song that I ever bought um, in this kind of genre, and it's a beautiful song. You can just lose yourself in it. The vocals are incredible, and uh, it's Roberta Flack's The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Duncan Goose, thank you very much, and here it is. That was the first time ever I saw your face from Roberta Flack. The song choice of my business shaper, Duncan Goose. An inspirational person, someone who actually got up and said, I'm going to do this. It's a fantastic job. And someone who continues to have a really powerful vision of how the world genuinely can become a better place. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers, Saturday, 9am sharp. In the meantime, though, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.